Welcome to Gain That Tune. Welcome back, everybody. It's Game That Tune in the house once again. It's your boy John Harrington here. We got a uh, man. We got just the tight three tonight. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. And we got David Fleming with us. Say hey. Hey. Look at that fastest intro we've ever done. Um, if you're uh, <laughs> just joining us on Game That Tune, uh, you know what we do around here is we have a lot of fun. We uh, listen to video game music, uh, try and guess the games based on the music. Three songs from each game, a little bit of trivia. We uh, goof off, have some fun. Winner at the end of the night picks a theme for our next episode and gets to play a bonus tune to close out the show. And uh, let's see, who won last week? Who was that great game, that tune player that won last week? Oh, that was me. I won last week. I'm the one who uh, who won. And uh, I picked a complicate, complicated theme. You know, not a... <laughs> Not the easiest explanation or wording, as I've learned from trying to take requests uh, on this theme, but uh, I wanted some swan song games. Call it, call it Last Call. You know, the, uh, uh, you know, la late to the party. Uh, games that came out in the last year of a system's life cycle, or came out the same year as a replacement system, a supposedly better system, you know, or after that system came out even, uh, you know. It's a it's a difficult theme to explain, but we're getting we're getting into some of the final games of some systems, and uh, I think that means that we're gonna have some forgotten games with some good tunes that like nobody played because they you know because if you listen to a video game music podcast, I assume that you went out and bought the new system immediately and just uh, you know moved on to the new the next big thing. So uh, I think that yeah, it should be fun tunes and strange games. What do you guys think? Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah? Yeah. I think if nothing else, it's going to be an interesting night. I think so. I'm know, looking forward to remembers, it. I'm looking up. Everybody remembers the first games that came out for something, but do they remember the last games? That's the question. Mm. I feel like the answer is frequently no, they don't. <laughs> also because uh, some might say that some games, and I, I'm not talking about any games in particular that may or may not have been chosen, uh, some games that come out near the end tend to be forgotten for good reason. Yes, <laughs> yes they are. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was really, uh, really looking hard at some lists of like uh, some late era like GameCube and Wii games, and it seems like they shoveled a lot of just really licensed shitty content onto those systems as they uh, as they were fading into obscurity. So uh, that's not really a hint as to which uh, which games or platform I've chosen, but yeah, uh, systems uh, <laughs> they don't always put out there best stuff in their final year, but I think we've got a good show coming up, so I think we just gotta jump into the tunes, not let John Regan say anything, and uh, just, you know, have a great show. <laughs> Am I right? That's what makes a good show. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Game 1 
How cheery. Yeah. some uh some trivia <laughs> yes this uh this music does not sound late era this sounds like some like hip tanaka nes launch shit man so uh i'm uh it's you know hip tanaka was a game composer it, who worked on a couple on. nes games yeah <laughs> around the launch you know a lot of them so you know i'm wondering if john blew the theme like if no. this is uh this is one of the first nes games you know and your idea was to supplant I don't know what predated the NES, so you might have really fucked this up. This supplanted the Game & Watch. The same year as the NES. This supplanted playing cards. <laughs> yes. No, so, um, this is a 1991 NES game. It is um, the first and only NES game where Peach is depicted with blonde hair in the game. It's also the first time that Daisy is associated with Luigi. Ooh. Oh, okay. Of course, you use this game. Should have written now, something. 
<laughs> now, what do, what do I do? You know what? I'll make a judgment call, actually. Go ahead and let's see some answers. Um... Let's fuck. Do you need more hints? Uh, yes, actually, I do. <laughs> um, let me make up something. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't Google anything. <laughs> Donkey Kong appears in this game, and he tells the player how much money he has and keeps hold of it for them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe that Mario has a costume from this game in Smash Brothers 4. Probably. Uh, huh, Toad appears. You, Toad appears whenever you hit your golf ball out of bounds, and <laughs> <laughs> that confirms my uh, my David assisted guess. NES golf NES tournament open. Uh, I'll call that close enough for John. I don't want to play the hat trick sound. Uh, there's no hat tricks tonight, bro. It's uh, so, a hat trick on two correct guesses. That was my. That's what. Uh, that was the thing I was like asking and said, no, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Like, no, I like that sound. Yeah. Play a different sound, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. This is NES Open Tournament Golf for the NES. I like that they included Every the name of the system in the game title. <laughs> <laughs> probably to make it clear, you should not buy this if you just bought a Super NES. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's just really make it clear, this is not a launch title for the Super NES. You're gonna have a lot of confused-ass parents returning <laughs> this to Blockbuster like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> Tried to rent my kids some, you know, golf. And this is, uh, oh, sir, sir, please. It's right there in the title. Okay, do you first know what off, it, do you know what an NES is? <laughs> you don't have Lee Trevino's putting challenge. Second <laughs> off, this game doesn't even play on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. What kind of shoddy establishment are you running? I tried to put it in the slot and it didn't fit and it broke and I got game splinters in my hand. And now I'm mad. That is a uh, real I've transcript said conversation that exact from 1991. Same sentence in a bedroom type scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I can only and now imagine I am John. Mad or... <laughs> yeah. I just imagine John in Mario's golf outfit, <laughs> running into the bedroom, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. breaking. You break. take it from there. <laughs> I enter the room the same way Kramer enters Jerry's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play some NES Open Tournament Golf. Oh, not tonight, honey, please. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly dressed in Mario's pro-America golf outfit. Hell yeah, man. That's the most American Mario's ever looked, man. That, you know... I, I mean, that's a good look. You know, the hot, like, striped overalls. Is, is the hat got stars on it, or... I, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a hot look. You yeah. know, for an Italian stereotype plumber. Uh, created by a Japanese video game company. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on there. A lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think we just unpacked it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Johnny, I guess you're, uh, you're well-versed in NES Open Tournament Golf. It's your favorite game. That's why you picked it, right? Yeah, I, uh, played the shit out of this game as a kid. Um, that's not true at all. And... I was gonna say, I, I don't believe you? <laughs> It was between this and this weird anti-drug game that came out on the NES this, in 1991. Oh. It was like, oh man, like this and Wally Bear says no to drugs. <laughs> I went with this. Have, have we used Kirby's Adventure? Because Kirby's Adventure came out like way after the Super Nintendo did. No, well, I believe we have it. Yeah, it came out in like 93, or yeah. 92 or 93, and yeah, it's delightful. 
And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of in that gray area of this theme. Like, would it have been acceptable? You know, if you used it, I probably would have said yes, because it's, like, one of the best late-era NES games. It's, like, the later Mega Man sequels, you know, some of that fucking, uh, like, you know, Bucky O'Hare, and then, uh, you know... Fucking, I just spaced out. What game was I just complimenting? Kirby's Adventure. Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that other I game love. that's good, I guess. Whatever. That thing, that, that, uh, that marshmallow game. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> good, uh, good choices there, John. You picked, like, the game that there's nothing to say about. It's the golf sequel for the NES. <laughs> I think like, at least one of us has played it, maybe? Anyone? I, mean, I was gonna say, like, what is the difference between NES Open Tournament Golf and NES Golf? I am betting that it comes down to, like, the sprites. Like, I bet you it's just you actually play as Mario and Luigi instead of the man who is on the cover of the golf game who appears to be, like, you know, Barney from The Simpsons in a Mario outfit. Like, look up that, you know, look up the original NES Golf package. You know, it's not Mario on that cover. <laughs> right, because that was um, part of the, like, action sports series. Yes, I, the, I, part of the launch series. <laughs> yeah, I do believe this is the first Mario Golf. You know, like, yeah, previous one didn't have Mario. And I yeah. think that's the main difference. Is it's basically they just replaced a nameless guy with Mario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um... That's the game, and you play golf. You have three <laughs> courses. There's a U.S. course, a Japan course, and a U.K. course. Nice. Uh, oh, that's something, because I think the original, like, golf only had one course. Okay. Of, like, 18 holes. And I think they took one of the courses from this game and made it part of Wii Sports Club on the Wii U, which I thought was really cool. Uh, David, did you ever get Wii Sports Club or download any of the games for Wii Sports Club? Well, I remember, I think, the first NES Golf, they did a 3D version of those courses for the original Wii Sports. And then I think Wii Sports Resort, they did one of the ones from NES Open Tournament, but I did not get, um, Sports Club. Okay, well, yeah, I, you know, I cannot look it up fast enough, but... Uh, Wii Sports Club, there was definitely a full 18 holes that was one of the courses from this game. It was either, you know, either NES Open Tournament Golf or apparently the Japanese version had five courses. But it was one of those, like, full courses redone in, like, modern graphics. And as somebody who loved playing some fucking uh, Wii Golf, I really enjoyed it because Wii Sports Golf or Wii Sports Club got you three golf courses. And, you know, the fact that one of them was based on this game. Pretty cool. Pretty neat. Yeah. You know, nice little, uh, nice little shout out to, uh, to you know, the old days of uh, NES golf. But yeah, no, fuck no, I never played this. Uh, never played this at all. <laughs> like, uh, as a child of you know age six or so, when this would have come out, uh, golf was not my game. It wouldn't be my game until Mario Golf came out of the N64, and then after that, you know, I played a few, uh, you know, those little uh, little Mario Golf style games, some Mario Golf, some Hot Shots, you know. And I don't think it's changed much in the time, you know, from this to this to then. You know, graphic upgrades, a couple of strategy things, but uh, it's uh, it's a timing game, and you you know hit balls and don't go in the water. Like, uh, John, I can't believe you picked this game. We've said so much about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I'm... interesting that I think this was uh, the first time Daisy appeared outside of Super Mario Land. Um, mm -hmm. And mm. yeah, you can play as Mario, Luigi, and then Mario has. Peach as his caddy, Luigi has uh, Daisy as his ca his caddy. Um, wow! 
Monty Mole appears on the cover, but Monty Mole isn't in the game, and he doesn't show up in any game until Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo, so it's not like he was in a, a like Mario 3 or anything before this. It's really kind of bizarre. So this was the debut there. of Monty Mole? Yeah. <laughs> but only on the cover. Yeah. You don't All think right. they threw you know threw this in there for like uh, fucking Caddyshack synergy? Because I'm pretty Ooh. sure that's what that was. Yeah, I think you you're know. absolutely right. Yeah, he was actually Gordy Gopher back then, and, uh, <laughs> you know, looking at the cover, it definitely looks like Mario has either just hit him, or he's taunting him with how good he is at golf. He's gotta look like, yeah, yeah, what do you fucking think of that? <laughs> fucking mole? Fuck you, mole. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, exactly. just imagining, I'm just imagining Mario in Caddyshack, like, oh boy, we're gonna only get to the leg. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining... Oh, dude, can we get I'm, Bill Murray to play Mario for a movie? Because that's just that's the next logical, uh, you know, step in, in keeping Mario a viable film franchise is adding the star of Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the logical progression. Celebrated yeah. British actor, Chicago comedian. Like, yes. obviously. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, are you calling Bill Murray a celebrated British actor? Are you having a stroke, David? <laughs> oh, uh, right. Stroke? <laughs> See, ah. uh, dude, layers, layers on layers on layers. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm impressed that we've managed to fill this much time talking about NES Open Tournament Golf. Yeah, um, I think that's because we fun. haven't been talking about NES Open Tournament Golf. I'm impressed that we've been able to come up with ways to talk under the you know, guise of talking about NES Open Tournament Golf. <laughs> I would like to see I'm, a movie with uh, Bill Murray as Mario and... Um, Chevy Chase as Luigi for them oh, to Jesus. have <laughs> and for them to have only one scene together where they very awkwardly improv it. <laughs> Caddyshack. Really what what you're like what you're looking other. for is Caddyshack. <laughs> right. Just I'm just going to send you a Blu-ray copy a of Caddyshack TV. with a post-it note on it that says Super Mario Presents. <laughs> Exactly. When the movie's about to start, raise the Super Mario Bros. 3 curtain on it, and then just pretend that the whole time they have silly mustaches on. That's the that's how you do it. That's how you get NES Open Tournament Golf, the game. Um, so, or, I mean, the movie. Yeah, I was the gonna movie. say. <laughs> Shut up! And then we can pull a Street Fighter and have an NES Open Tournament Golf, the movie, the game. Oh, God. Hell just, yeah. like, digitized Bill Murray Mario. Yeah, like Mortal Kombat level <laughs> graphics of Bill Murray and Chevy Chase playing golf. I mean, Bill Murray would sign on for that, that's for sure. Yeah. If you asked him to play, you know, Mario in a Mario golf movie, he's in. Like, you know, no question. Yeah. And then, like, it'd be his, it'd be all his, all his brothers would play the rest of the Mushroom Kingdom. Maybe, like, Brian Doyle Murray is Bowser. And, like, whoever is. <laughs> no, Brian Doyle Murray is clearly going to be Toad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it would be I'm perfect. just imagining the pitch for that too. Like, you know, all right, all right, Bill, we got this movie for you. It's a, it's a Super Mario Brothers movie. You're gonna be playing Mario, popular worldwide, big draw. No, I, I don't play. Well, no, I don't I'm know. not gonna do it. You can play golf. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, done. I love, just yeah. <laughs> I was imagining like you know Toad's role role was to tell you when you hit your ball out of bounds. So I'm imagining Brian Doyle Murray in the little Toad hat, like you hit your ball out of bounds, Bill. <laughs> Doesn't even call Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do another take. It's not Bill. I'm playing Mario in this movie. Yeah. Ah, shit, I can't. I just can't wrap but my I mean, head around this role. But I mean, like every time the ball goes into the out of bounds, like he just pops out of the rough. Hey, you're out of bounds. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Impressive. Impressive that we've managed to really keep this going. Let's not keep it going, Johnny. Let's move on to game two, dude. Game two. Well, those two songs could not be much more different. 
No. Mm-hmm. Who wants a Who wants a little piece of trivia? Yes, please. <clears throat> Jesus, John, calm down. <laughs> yeah, you were so quick with the yeses on the trivia. You know, the yes is implied. Um, <laughs> so this game was originally intended as a direct sequel to a much loved RPG spinoff game, but had to be renamed after a falling out between the original developers. I should write something down. <laughs> Good thinking, John. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought maybe this one was gonna be a little, uh, a little more obvious. Maybe you guys saw what was being requested. I should probably give a shout out to our requester. Uh, this one comes to us uh, via Facebook from uh, Dylan. Thank you very much for the request, Dylan. And. uh... What are you guys thinking? I'm wrong. Oh my god. David Fleming says oh Pro Cross. John Regan says Paper Mario. Johnny, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I kept up with the Facebook this week. <laughs> You've got to give your own uh, you know, correct sound there, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Well done, man. Well done. <laughs> uh, hey, those requests were coming trivia. fast and furious. Who's hmm? got two thumbs and never played the original Paper Mario? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh no, I was counting on you to be the Paper Mario guy. <laughs> oh shit. Actually, the original yeah. Paper Mario is the only one I haven't played. Really? I mean, I, you know, I played it very casually uh, over at my, uh, you know, girlfriend at the time's house. It was one of the only Nintendo 64 games she owned and liked to play. And uh, I will not elaborate on any further details of what went on over there. But uh, we didn't play much Paper Mario. And um, yeah, that's about the extent of my Paper Mario knowledge. The combat's very simple. The characters are very adorable in their paper cut style. And I have not played very much of it. God damn it, David. I thought for sure you would play this. <laughs> that's right. Because it was supposed to be Super Mario RPG 2, but then they yep. split with Square. Yeah. Fucking square, man. You know, I mean, I I can't believe that somehow Super Mario RPG 2 was too licensed for them to use. Like, <laughs> no, you can't call it that. Like, well, I don't, I don't know what I think is weirder. The fact that they couldn't use Super Mario RPG 2 or the fact that they made a game based around paper cutout versions and didn't think to call it Super Mario RPG Paper or right. Super Mario Story, or... Um, actually, in Japan, it's it's just called Mario Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. There you go. Yeah, so, you know, I guess they thought Americans were dumb, so they just marketed it as just, you know, here's some paper, and it's Mario. Paper Mario. I mean, it makes sense. It's a nice, simple, uh, simple thing. But uh, Oh, actually, um, I take back my earlier statement. I haven't played Color Splash. Really? But I played Thousand Year Door and Super Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, even though that doesn't technically count, but whatever, I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, that's the thing I was confused when I looked at our list of games we had already used. I'm like, surely we've used Paper Mario. It's like, we haven't used any Paper Marios. That doesn't seem right. I, just... I could swear, you know, we started talking about, you know, Mario Paper, and it's like, oh yeah, Paper Jam. Paper Jam. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Paper Mario series is pretty fun. Like I said, colorful, cartoony, just, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's got stories, which are not typical in the, uh, Mario universe, especially um, prior to this, <laughs> like, you know, I don't know, it's, uh, fuck, man, John, you haven't played this? Help me out, bail me out here. Um, uh, it's... <laughs> if you say it's Mario Eddie's paper, I'm gonna reach through the internet and punch you. Yeah, how does it compare to NES Open Tournament Golf? <laughs> it's probably significantly better. I haven't played it, but... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna hazard a guess that, uh, yeah, you know, Paper Mario 64, a game that came out 10 years after NES Open Tournament Golf, is better. Hot take there, John. Can I play um, shortstop, yeah? Are you better than me? I don't know you, but yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I yeah, mean, I can talk Ma about the Paper Mario series, just not anything specific to the first Paper Mario game. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean Paper Mario is. I great. can't say much as specific about any of them. Like, I, you know, I like them. I've played a little bit of like each one, except the handheld ones and the most recent one, the Color Splash on Wii U. And what? I mean they're they're great. They're you know, like you know <laughs> everything I've said so far encapsulates my feelings on the series. They're colorful. What? They're cute. They've got nice stories, and they've got fun, simple fucking uh, you know battle mechanics. I like them a lot. Question. Except Sticker Star. Sticker Star is terrible. Oh really? Sticker started awful. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. What hmm. elements from Mario RPG carried over into Paper Mario, if any? Uh, the RPG part 
Yeah, I was gonna say it's an RPG. Uh, other than that, well, I don't you, know. You attack with you attack with um, jumping. You attack with the hammer. Um, they didn't really introduce sidekicks in Mario RPG. That's kind of a new Paper Mario thing. But multiple party members. Um, True. I don't think you get to play as Bowser in the first one. I think you can only play as Bowser in Super and Thousand Year Door. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same basic, like the time based attacks where you jump and you push the jump button at the right moment, you get double damage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I like that. It, you know, I mean, honestly, that's the thing, you know, the easier it is for me to play an RPG, quite frankly, the better. Like, you know, I'm not saying I can't play something complicated, but like, I just, you know, for the Paper Mario series, it's all about, you know, telling cute stories, a little bit of humor, and just, you know, kind of seeing the world and it's cute paper style. I don't want it to be super hard. Like, I just want to play the game and complete it, which, you know, does not speak well of me because I haven't completed any of them. But you get the point. Like, (laughs) I like the simple RPG style, you know, make it as accessible as possible. Yeah. (laughs) And that's one of the things that I like about, I mean, all the Mario RPGs, but specifically Paper Mario, because that's the game. Um, I forgot how much I really liked the Paper Mario battle style until I've been playing Dragon Quest a lot, and that's like Mm. old, old school JRPG where you select everything from a menu. And it's fun and enjoyable and the story is engaging, but it gets really boring really fast because it's just attack, 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 defend. Like, where once uh... Paper Mario, like, okay, I'm going to use a hammer. Make sure you you pull the controller stick back, let it go at the right moment. Okay, you Mm -hmm. kill the enemy. Like... It's more engaging yeah. and more fun. No, they use a they use a good version of this. I mean, you know, I, I haven't played a whole lot of games. I can't cite a whole lot of games that use a similar system. But uh, in South Park, the Stick of Truth, you know, they use the like a lot of the same timing based battle mechanics, and it's you know, it's a lot of fun. And the whole point of the South Park game is not like deep ass RPG mechanics. It's find as much goofy South Park shit as possible and play a like you know a really great South Park game. So, you know, I think it suits games where it's like, you know, okay, you know, the point is to have, you know, fun, enjoyable game, maybe a little bit of challenge later on, but like for the most part, you're here for the presentation, the story, you know, the fun. So here's this, uh, this fun, you know, timing based battle system. I'm not sure what the appeal is of just the classic old school, so many windows battle system. Like so many yeah. windows. So, so many windows. I mean, again, it's fun, and the story is engaging, but it's just like, uh... I, I really like it when my RPGs make me feel like I'm really just using a computer and choosing things all day. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'm reading a book, and every now and then I have to, you know, click something in the book. It's a good feeling when I'm playing an RPG. <laughs> We're going to transport you to a fantasy realm, immerse you in this story, and you know what was really big in the time of swords and sorcery? Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets were huge in that yeah. fantasy world. Oh, yes. Statistics. Big deal back then. <laughs> yeah, remember those <laughs> choose-your-own-adventure books where you had to have a sheet of paper and keep track of your PP and MP and... <laughs> Wait, that's basically Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're describing what you think you're describing there. <laughs> I am, wow, I'm the dumbest member of this show. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you're thinking it's a choose-your-own-adventure book where you have to keep track of your own stats. That's a hardcore choose-your-own-adventure book. Or yeah, I was going to say, usually it's just you have to bookmark the pages. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. 
Oh, you gotta choose your own adventure. Go to this page, but also write down all these statistics. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, Turn to page yeah. twenty-seven. Also, you have taken six hit points worth of damage. <laughs> fuck! 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 <laughs> but anywho, um, that's kind of a cool idea. <laughs> you know, choose your own remember. RPG adventure. <laughs> but I mean, what's to stop you if this if you're reading a dragons. choose your own adventure book? It's like. Do you have enough, you know, hit points to defeat this dragon? Well, I don't know. I think so. I racked up like eight on page, th- you know, thirty, and then like this, like, no, <laughs> no. Having maybe- to keep track of your own stats is terrible. <laughs> what we're describing is Dungeons and Dragons, except the dungeon master is a book. <laughs> I know it's it's like single player Dungeons and Dragons, which I guess is what Dragon Quest is. I was gonna say that's the you know, single player Dungeons and Dragons sounds like the saddest thing I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> just role playing by yourself it. in a book. <laughs> Just roll the die. You don't get the right thing. Uh, you just tip it over to twenty. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool, cool. Well, cool. see, I thought that's the point you were bringing up. It's like as you're reading the book, like, oh, do you have enough attack points to kill this dragon? Uh, sure. Turn to page seventeen anyway. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So Paper Mario is about that simple. But, uh, you know, more rewarding. And you can talk about it with friends and play it with, you know, play with friends. Not simultaneously, but, uh, you know, uh, I hung out with uh, with some people playing some Paper Mario. So, yeah, it's a fun game. You hang out, you laugh along with it. You play a charming-ass RPG. That's the game. Um, Johnny, I think, uh, oh, wait, we should thank our requester one more time. Thanks again, Dylan, on Facebook. Good request, great tunes. Soundtrack loaded with great tunes, which I really should have looked up the composer for before getting into this spiel about tunes. Um, da, 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 the composer on Paper Mario, uh, Yuka, oh shit, Suji Yo- uh, Yoko, and Taishi Senda. Good composers. I assume they work for intelligent systems, so who knows what they're uh, what they're doing these days. But yeah, man, Paper Mario. Dope game, dope soundtrack, dope mechanics. Always, uh, always a lot of fun. And uh, I think we should keep going, John. All right. Game Do it. three. Do it.
Oh, it just cut out. Oh, yeah, I forgot. The music just cuts out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. <laughs> Apologies for those abrupt ends. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, so I have two pieces of trivia for this game. Um, one mm. is I think legit fascinating, but doesn't help, and the other is kind of boring, but probably will. Uh, so there are three unlockable characters in this game that come from a series or come from series that don't come from the main series this game is based on. They are Puka and Figar from Dig Dug. And the Prince of All Cosmos from Katamari Damacy. Nice. <laughs> Good save. And uh, is there another trivia? Goddamn, or... John. <laughs> oh. I thought there was a second one. Well, there was, but I figured I would wait and I can okay. do it now. Okay, let's, um, let's do the song. And okay. Do the, yeah.
Okay. Okay, so um, as you may have noticed, if you recognized, basically all of the music in this game is remixed from other songs. And the people who worked on the music, uh, it's a list. There is Mike Rubino, Rod Abernethy, uh, Charlie Malone, Tommy Talrico, and Dweezil Zappa. <laughs> oh! Uh, cool. Huh. Oh man! Does not help me get to the answer to this one. I, <laughs> I was just looking up video games that Weasel Zappa worked on. <laughs> How ironic! Yeah. <laughs> or what? A, or rather, what a coincidence! <laughs> I gotta stop mixing those two up. Um, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm absolutely wrong. Yeah, so, I got a great uh, answer though. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, John Harrington says Mario Kart Arcade GP, which is incorrect. Um, John Pinkett says Pac-Man's Haunted Beach House Hootenanny Katamari Dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm giving a point. Yeah. <laughs> John? Me or John? To you. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So what uh, is the game? <laughs> this is Pac-Man World Rally which was released uh, in 2006 for both the PlayStation 2 and GameCube. So it actually meets the qualifications for both Sony and Nintendo consoles. It sure does. Well, well, well. I um, well, At least I had a kart racer. <laughs> the Pac-Man uh, kart racing game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a, that is, as you like to say, a game that exists. Um, yeah, well, what is, I'm okay, gonna go out now, on the limb and say, two thumbs and never play Pac-Man World Rally. <laughs> Floor is yours, David. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's not terrible. Right. Um, it's kind of fun. It has its moments. It's really kind of average and mediocre but it's not actively bad um it is a mario kart ripoff extremely right. <laughs> um but i mean more so than like most kart racing games because you get bomb power-ups and get this the green ones shoot in straight lines and bounce off objects the red ones home in Whoa. on other players and there's a Whoa. blue one that attacks the person who's in first place Really? Yeah. <laughs> now that's interesting and unprecedented, I believe. Um, wow. Yeah. But um, it's... <laughs> See, the one thing they didn't copy from Mario Kart was the rubber banding AI. That's which, good. Which sounds good in theory, except well. that means they just programmed the AI the same across like all of the cup difficulties. So this game is really easy. Like, oh, okay. It's that's, ridiculously easy. That actually kind of makes sense. Like, you know, everybody always complained about the rubber banding AI in Mario Kart, but like, if it didn't have that, like, or eventually I guess they replaced the rubber banding AI with all those fucking, like, level the playing field weapons from the, that you only get when you're in, like, the bottom third. But if it didn't have that, you'd be running away in every race, like, just every yeah. time, so... Yeah, actually, that kind of makes sense. And, I, I mean, I can see where it would make sense for Pac-Man to have a fucking really easy kart game. I mean, like, I don't understand how Pac-Man has gone on as, like, a series and as a mascot. Like, he's cool, 
But is right. he cool? <laughs> He's very cool. He's the coolest. Japan, he, in Japan, he was originally called Puck Man. And right, they Scott. renamed them. <laughs> no, like, yeah. I mean, I love Pac-Man games, but I've never played anything but the classic Pac-Man games. Like, yeah, you love, I was going to say you love Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man, I assume. And Pac-Man uh, Jr. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that's uh, the, I believe the his name is Junior Pac-Man. Because ah. um, most of the characters, you've got Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, <clears throat> Junior Pac-Man, the ghosts, and then they yep. have all the, like, Pac-Man world characters, like Talkman and Spooky. I was like, who? I have no idea who these characters... Exactly. I, was gonna um, say, I, would, I would assume Spooky's a ghost, but, you know, <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> um, spooky ghost. <laughs> there's, there's also, like, a weird alien guy who was apparently awesome. the villain of Pac-Man World 3 uh, but you Sweet. can unlock the the Prince of All Cosmos uh, which is I pretty great it. and love his fucking prince his cart um, his wheels on his cart are just mini Katamaris yes uh, but it's like it's really easy it's really kind of average but it has some cool ideas because there are shortcuts but you have to collect fruit first like in Pac-Man games. So like, oh. as you're going through, you'll find a piece of fruit. And if you collect that on the next map, there'll be like a gate with that fruit on it. And it'll open up as you come up to it. Hmm. And you can collect Pac-Man dots and they fill up this little meter. And if you fill up the meter, you can push a button and change all of the characters into blue ghosts on unicycles. And it changes your ghost into a, or your cart into a giant like Pac-Man cart. And it awesome. gives you like this huge speed boost and you can actually eat and slow down all the racers. Okay, yeah, that's super awesome. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, that, I mean, those all sound cool. I don't like the part earlier where you said it just was straight ripping off Mario Kart, but uh, all that Pac-Man stuff sounds cool. I, you know, I, yeah. One thing that I've, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent towards in, like, the Mario Kart series is the lack of uh, shortcuts, you know. I like uh, I like the new Mario Kart games. They're fine, and you, you know you get your shortcuts by getting boosts and like boosting through like grass and things like that. You know, just cutting corners. But like, I like things where it's actually like a really complex course, and there's like some wacky shortcuts that you might miss, or in this case, like have to unlock. I think that's uh, I think that's kind of a fun mechanic. You know, uh, you know, I'm surprised that <laughs> that to hear that this game brings anything interesting to the table. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. you'd expect that it was just kind of like a crappy spin-off, and in yeah. a lot of ways it was, but it had some cool ideas to it, too. Right, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, it's, it's, a, it's a cart game from 2006, so, like, it's, you know, it's gotta have some ideas in there, or else it's just, you know, or be just the most polished, generic spin-off possible, like, so, wasn't, yeah. Wasn't there some arcade Mario Kart game that had Pac-Man in it? Was it my that guess? Mario Kart, Mario Kart RKGP? RKGP? Oh, oh. Yes, oh. it was. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. speaking of guest characters, uh, so this had the three. Apparently, there was a PlayStation portable version that added uh, Mr. Driller and Mappy from Mappy Land. And the of final, course. like, cup in the game, instead of getting, like, a mirror mode, there was a course based on Katamari Damacy. There was uh, a course based on Galaga. Uh, and then there was what? a course inside of a Pac-Man maze. 
Okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna need to... Oh, fuck, that's PSP exclusive? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, the Mappy and Mr. Driller were PSP exclusive, but all versions had the extra... I think they called it, like, the Retro Cup or something like that. Okay, So. okay. Yeah, if you find this game for PS2, um, you can beat it in, like, three hours and get Sweet. the extra bonus cup and race on the Katamari course, which is pretty cool. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, like, the wiki for it right now, and it's just a picture of a race course with the king of all cosmos laying in the background with his leg up. Like, <laughs> if that's all that is, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, <laughs> if that's the only Katamari connection, I'm cool. Like, it's a normal racetrack, but, you know, the king's there with his glorious thighs in the background, like, dope. <laughs> you know what I like, Namco. <laughs> you guys are all right. Surprised they didn't throw, like, some Soul Calibur characters into this or something, or, like, Tekken people. Oh, God, that would have been yeah. awesome. Like, <laughs> like, Astaroth in a tiny, tiny little car. Yeah, or yeah, Pac-Man and Voldo just racing alongside each other. Uh, nope, let's not go into Voldo, Chad. He comes up way too often on this show. Um, well, cool, man, yeah. Or King pick. in, like, a go-kart with a giant jaguar head on the front. Yes, exactly. You know, or in... <laughs> I was trying to think of a stereotypically Mexican car for King to ride in, but I got nothing. <laughs> hmm. That's uh, that's for the next Pac-Man World Rally. Do they still make Pac-Man games or anything? Like, I feel like I saw a Pac-Man cartoon on Netflix recently, and, like, my nephew was watching it, but he's only four, and he doesn't really know what the fuck was going on. I'm like, oh, and do you have any idea what this is? He's like, it's ghosts! I'm like... Sure, let's go with it. You're half right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there and are ghosts. Anything <laughs> else, or I say he's he's really four fifths right, right? Because there's five characters, four of which are ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> You're eighty percent of the way there, son. You're doing all right. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the Pac-Man series uh, lives on somehow. Um, but I think. Uh, I think, uh, good game, David, unless there's something else, I think we gotta keep going. <laughs> it's average game. It's it's one of those games where I was really hoping for a sequel for them to polish it and, like, make it better, and then they just never did it. Mm. Nice. Well, maybe someday. Maybe for the Switch. Let's have a, uh, let's have World Rally 2 with a bunch of crazy Switch-exclusive characters that we will discuss later on. Johnny, let's keep going. Game 4.
dope. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? <clears throat> I like it. Yeah. Not bad. So, um, I'm betting, though, you could use some trivia. Yes. Yes. Some trivia that will not help you guess this game. Um, this game contains two sets of password-protected levels, only one of which was ever released to the public. The second password has never been released or cracked, and due to its complicated encryption, would take approximately 11 million years to decode.
So, <clears throat> what do uh, you guys got any guesses? I do. Any additional trivia that won't help? I would um, love additional trivia that won't help. You know well, what? First of all, <laughs> huh? Before you get into that, I want to address that first trivia. How much you want to bet there actually is not a second password? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, actually, that's the thing. They they found the levels. They've unlocked the levels through, like, means not involving the password, but they can't get the password. <laughs> like, there are levels in this game that have never been played, you know, like, on the public release of this, and they'll never be unlocked via that password, but people have played them. Uh, this is another fan request. This comes from uh, our buddy Alex Messenger on Facebook. Shout out to Alex for another great request. Um, it was composed by Tim Fallon. And it was uh, released as a promotional uh, partnership with MTV as part of a uh, contest. I'm holding my card up. Doesn't so help, you know, does I wrote it? down my answer before that trivia because I feel like it's important. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an MTV license game at all. Too late. I already started writing. <laughs> Perfect. Alright, so let's uh let's see some answers. Uh John Regan says uh Tim Fallon showcase game. Almost true. And David Fleming says real world game. Uh no, uh not at all true. This is Treasure Master for the NES. Um, oh yeah. That's yeah, a thing. Right? Everybody knows and loves Treasure Master, right? Right? Uh, uh, no, nobody's uh, ever heard of this what, game. What season of Real World was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was 91, so this uh, <laughs> this actually, I think, predated on, yeah, was, the Real World. It was um, Real World Aztec Jungle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, real 8-bit world. Um, no, uh, so besides the fact that the soundtrack's composed by Tim Fallon, this game is completely non-memorable. <laughs> um, and, I mean, well, that and the fact that it was released as some sort of strange MTV promotion. I mean, you guys, uh, no idea what this is, huh? Nothing! It was, it was like, it's, they released this game, and then MTV had a thing where they were going to release the password to unlock the final level. You know, a few months after it came out. So, like, this game came out, people had a couple of months to get their games right, and then MTV released this uh, fucking password that unlocks the final level, and then apparently, as part of this sweepstakes, people who had the game had 24 hours to beat the whole game, including this new super hard level, and that unlocks a, like special password <laughs> that then you have to call a 900 number and enter, and that enters you in the contest. It's huh. the most bizarrely 1991 thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and to think, there are people who bitch about spending like $6 for a new level pack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, th this game is, I mean, I guess it wasn't technically DLC, but the content was on the cartridge, and it was they never released the DLC. password. Exactly. <laughs> on on cartridge DLC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hidden behind a fucking password that MTV had the you know held the keys to. And then they never released the second password. You know, like and I assume that no one writ, wrote it down. Like they had to have designed that level and then been like, Alright, so what's the password for that one? It's like 
Oh shit, I just uh, I just finished running the password generator. Did you write it down? Fuck. <laughs> I like to imagine <laughs> that, I don't know, in maybe about 20 to 30 years, it's gonna pop up in like an estate sale somewhere. Like like some person's gonna go to an yeah, estate sale. Yeah, a note with the password on it. Yeah, and they're gonna buy it, and then they're gonna put it on eBay and sell it for millions of dollars. No, yeah, and John, I was gonna say, all this, all the shit that's out there about how to crack this password is way beyond my pay grade, but if you look it up, you might be able to make sense of it. But apparently, they've got a computer algorithm that can do part of it, but like, in order to get the full, like, you know, 24 character password, it's so complicated that this, like, Pseudo random password would take eleven million years to crack. Yeah, that which about right. I don't, I don't think would be worth it in the case of this game. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just a platform game. It's made by Software Creations, which is why they got Tim Fallon in there. So it's a crappy platform game, and people played it as part of a contest. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it, man. Like. I don't think it's as bad as, say, like, Silver Surfer or some of these other, like, uh, software creations games, but just the fact that it's only designed to get kids to call a 900 number for an MTV contest takes it to a whole new level of, like, strange awfulness. And apparently the prizes... Prizes were pretty good, though. You know, you... (laughs) Wikipedia doesn't make it clear what it is, but it says two first prize winners had their pick of a fantasy rock concert a fantasy sports event, a fantasy audio-video room, or $10,000. And they don't have the word or in there, they just have those four things listed. So I'm like, do they get all four? Because that'd be pretty fucking dope. Like, (laughs) you know, it's 1991, I want to go see Aerosmith. I want to go to Super Bowl, you know, 16. I want a fucking, you know, audio-video room with a 32-inch TV. And yes, I'd like $10,000. Like... Hell yeah. I That's would, some pretty sweet cheese in fucking 1991 terms. <laughs> I would take the 10K if you had to choose them, because I'm worried that a fancy rock concert means that you just get to sit there and fantasize about your favorite rock concert. <laughs> <laughs> you choose wrong, you get just like smacked around by some guy. Like, yeah, okay, here's your fan. I got your fantasy rock concert right here. See, Pretend I would you're go with Smith. Isn't this great? <laughs> I would go with one of the fantasy ones because I'm taking it as instead of like imagining it, you're just in some blank room. I'm taking, like, literal fantasy. Like, it's a rock concert, but everyone's dressed up like knights and elves and mages yes. and everything. Like... No. Or if they say... In the okay, middle, in, like, won- in the middle of the woods. <laughs> you won your fantasy rock contest. Who do you want tickets to? Jimi Hendrix. Uh, um, oh, shit. No, even, <laughs> even more impressive, they managed to pull it off. <laughs> Software creations and MTV had some pretty serious pull back in the day. <laughs> But yeah, and uh, 250 pr- uh, second prize winners won a Super Nintendo, and Ooh. the nearly 36,000 third prize winners may have received an official poster-sized certificate declaring them a winner of the game. I really hope that MTV lost money printing 36,000 posters and mailing them to kids. <laughs> like, I, I wonder <laughs> if it's may have received because they didn't pay for, like, the shipping confirmation at the post office. Like, they may have gotten yeah. it. We don't know. <laughs> See, I'm like just imagining just, yeah. that it's, like, may have received because it was 36,000 third-place winners, but the game was so hard, only, like, six people claimed it. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> it'd be great if there are 36, you know, 35,994 unclaimed posters somewhere in the world. <laughs> like, oh, man. Um, oh, man. But, yeah, dude, this game, uh, you know, there's not much to say about it besides, you know, the contest stuff. Uh, you know, if you look up the fucking artwork for it, the cover art is, like, the most radical 90s, sh- like, late 80s, early 90s shit you've ever seen. And then, uh, you know, I was watching a video of it, and the main character has just about the best walking animation of any character in the history of video games. Like, let me see if I can fucking... Can I share my screen on our chat thing for the fucking viewers? (laughs) Yeah, you can do that. That should work. Uh, I'm doing it. Yeah, if you share your screen, it'll replace your video, so it'll pop up on the thing. It is... Cut off a little bit, I think, but just try to get in the center. There you go, that's about right. Yeah, can you, uh, can you see that? <laughs> that's a pretty yeah. excellent walking animation. Dude, the, the fucking character in this game has the, like, the sickest strut ever. Like, <laughs> he's just throwing those fists out, he's got, he's got, like, a neon, like, green and, you know, green hat and shoes, he's got, like, a peach romper going, you know, he might have the original male romper. This guy was ahead um, of the game. I'm saying, yeah. man, and yeah, he's just fucking strutting at all times. When you jump, it looks like he's doing a skateboard trick, even though he is never on a skateboard <laughs> in the game. Like, the game was 90s MTV levels of radical, and uh, yeah, it's a really fascinating relic of 1991, just fucking strange marketing. Like, seriously, that's the thing, it's like, what is this even, like, trying to sell kids? Like... <laughs> It kind of makes me wish they would release... I mean, they, they've done things where it's like tie-ins to like play a video game and win a prize in you know recent years, but it seems like this game was only released to do that. Like, this, like the opening screen of this just says, like, it's like, Treasure Master, copyright 1991. See Treasure Master booklet for contest details or call 1-900-blah-blah-blah. You know, contest void where prohibited. Like, it was all on the title screen of this game. This game was a fucking contest. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a strange game, but... They got Tim Fallon to do the soundtrack, so of course we have to feature it on Game That Tune. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's Treasure Master. Thanks a lot, Alex, for another great request. You know, obscure game, fantastic tunes, and just you know, thorough, thorough early '90s confusion. So, uh, Johnny, I think we just got to keep going. <laughs> All right. Game five.
dope. So dope. So let's see. Let's get some trivia for this one. Uh, you know, I kind of realize trivia doesn't really... Not my trivia this week is very helpful, but, you know, whatever. It's a challenging week. Great tune. So uh, one of the many changes that this game makes to the series formula is having its main playable character be a silent protagonist, serving little purpose to the plot besides being present to observe the other characters' stories.
Hell yeah, dude. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Uh-oh. how we doing on uh, those answers, John and David? About as good as you think. Damn right. <laughs> so, uh, Johnny, do we need a sec? Do you need to do anything to the, to the window or anything? Um, I need to adjust something on the chat real quick, but otherwise, should be good to go. Let me check here. Properties. Uncheck that. There we go. Okay. And then, Pat, can you hear us and everything? Yeah, he hear you fine. Hell yeah, dude. So, uh, welcome to the show. Special guest caller for this game. Our boy Pat Perkins back yet again. What's up, Pat? What's up, man? Dude, glad to hear that you know something about this game because I picked it based on uh, you know, loving the series, but you know, boy oh boy, I ain't played it. So Johnny and David, let's see some answers. Okay. Let's see here. Sorry, I'm still making I'm I'm updating a thing to have Pat's name on stream. Okay, there we go. Uh, um, sure. Let's see here. Oh, I'm writing it down. Do it, Johnny. David Fleming says, Swan Song starring silent protagonist. Kind of true. John Regan says, (laughs) Secret of Mana PS1. I recognize that last Um, theme. (laughs) You motherfucker, you lie like a a fucking rug. No, we played a bunch of it. And I remember that that whistle tune in the last one. Uh, I caught that. Yeah, you might be right. This is uh, this is Legend of Mana for the PlayStation One. Yeah, I'll give you a point. Why not? Hey! Ah, <laughs> uh, you didn't play the uh, you got it right sound, Johnny. Oh, whoop! Well. Real soundboard soundboard slacking tonight, John. Just not acceptable. <laughs> I just for the first time in our show's history brought in a guest caller mid-show. Give me a break on the soundboard. <laughs> soundboard slacking. <laughs> So uh, also, to yeah. be fair, he's also, I believe, scored more points than anybody else this game. That is true. John is handily winning tonight somehow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Um, so yeah, man, Johnny and David, I know you guys are big mana fans. PlayStation One owners, all up in that ass. You guys, you know, you got a lot to say about this. Am I right, folks? I mean, they call me Mister JRPG on PS One for a reason. <laughs> That's my middle name. Uh, this is why I'm glad we brought Pat in. Pat, let's uh, let's do it. What do you what do you think about Legend of Mana on the PS1? Easily one of the best action RPGs of all time. Yeah, dude. It uh, you know, I if I had known about this, like if they had marketed this better back in 2000 when this came out, same year as the PS2, mind you, I would have bought a PS1 like just on like on the spot man like <laughs> you know you tell me you got a secret of mana sequel finally and it's got you know p- like playstation style sprite graphics so just like gorgeous ass sprite graphics like yeah count me in i'm all in you know mm, i can't believe that like this game didn't get a bigger reception yeah i'm surprised they did re-release it on the vita i believe so that's always an option if you have a Vita. I know you guys all are like, <laughs> storing your Vitas in your closets right now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, we, we all, who has two thumbs and regularly plays a PS Vita? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, but yeah, man, th- you know, this game, it looks cool. It also looks like a bizarre departure from the Secret of Mana formula. Because, like, you know, Johnny and I recently played a little bit of Secret of Mana. John, that was, that was your first time playing Secret of Mana, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's a fun game. Action RPG, going around, beating shit up. This game still has that, but, like... Johnny, what would you say is one of the one of the more fun things that we did in terms of like exploring that world and uh, you know Honestly, moving around and finding things? Well, the most fun part about it, to be honest, is just you know getting to play games with you over the internet. Like that was so cool. Um, God damn it! As far as the actual game, <laughs> sorry to get all. Uh, uh, well, I don't know what the term I'm looking for here is. Uh, no, you're all right. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was it was really a lot of fun and. Um, yeah, as far as exploring the world, like I like the the what are those things called? Not Muggle, uh, Moogle, Moogle, Moogle. Moogles. Yeah, <laughs> Moogle's are pretty yep. cool, and the whole Moogle village, and um, uh, I don't know the whole the game direction was, I was really nice. The direction I was trying to push you in was the fact that you know a lot of it, like you're walking between towns and you're beating shit up on the way there, and you know then you get to the next dungeon and you got to beat shit up in that dungeon. Um, you know. In Legend of Mana, they have a very weird presentation. It's, you start out in, like, your house or your village or whatever, and you receive artifacts, and then you can go out to a map screen and build the map using your artifact. So, like, there's a fucking uh, isometric map, and you drop a thing on the thing, and that builds the next town, and you can just go there. And, like, you know, the graphics are great, game looks great, you know, the dungeons are fine, but, like, it's just a series of, like, map screens moving between, like, the different settings. And none of the none of the areas are more than, like, a couple of screens large. Like, I mean, you can move, like, you know, like, think about it, John. When we were playing Secret of Mana, we were going from, like, the village to, like, the, the water caves, Gaia's Navel. It's a big, long thing where you're fighting a bunch of bees and mushrooms and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a lot more condensed and just, like, screen by screen by screen. In Legend of Man, I thought it was a very weird presentation, but I don't want to get too deep into the mechanics. But that map placement really does change a bit of the game. Like certain areas will influence what type of mana you can harvest in that area. And okay. I, if I remember, if I remember correctly, there were some story elements tied to that. So like you did have to pay attention to how you were creating the world. Nice, because yeah, that's the thing. I was just wondering. It's like if you can just slap you know map elements down on a map, like you know. It just seems a little bit silly, but like, yeah, if it's like you place this water level next to a beach area or something, or like, you know, place something where it doesn't quite make sense, maybe it alters the gameplay somehow. I didn't really get far enough in my like watching of, you know, playthrough videos of this to learn whether or not that's a thing. But uh, it's it's just, it struck me as a very odd presentation because one of the things I loved about Secret of Mana is exploring and just, you know, going from place to place and beating shit up. And this one, it's more like, map screens between different dungeons which you know not necessarily bad but uh just different <laughs> i can see where you say that yeah but uh so I'm, I'm assuming then that you have uh pat played through and completed this game uh you know like i said i didn't watch a whole lot of playthrough of it but i mean the game's still pretty excellent yeah it's i play it every now and then i haven't played it in a year but it's it still holds up to this day. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ugh. 
I just love that action RPG shit. I love a real-time battle system. It's like we were saying earlier, man. You know, too many windows in these RPGs. I like to I like to see my enemies on the screen. I like to know what's coming. And, you know, I like to beat them up and do flashy attacks. And uh, Secret of Mana Man, it's always, uh, it's always good for that. You know. Pat, did you ever play, uh, like, uh, the unreleased one, Second in Setsu 3? Uh, full disclosure, this is the only mana game I've ever played. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm just going to say, wow, that's it. You've left me speechless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, this one, uh, from what I was seeing of it, it takes a lot of its cues from uh, from Second Densetsu 3, which still never came out in America, which drives me up the fucking wall. Like, you know, it's fun, but like, it's, it's strange. Like, Secret of Mana, you can kind of avoid battles if you want. You can run away from guys. And I'm sure you can do that in this one because, I mean, you get down to, you know, get down to low life. You got to be able to fucking avoid a battle. But it's weird. Like, when you encounter enemies in Psychon 3, you slow down. Like, you, for some reason, change your walk from, like, uh, just, you know, like that normal strutting through the area to, like, a battle stance. And it slows you down, so it encourages you to fight the enemies. And I noticed that that happens in this one, too. So I'm just curious as to whether or not it, like, you know, just forces you to fight every time, or if you can actually like ditch, uh, ditch everything outside of a boss battle. I don't know. It just the game seems like it's less open than Secret of Mana, and but you know, just so fucking gorgeous looking, and probably a lot of fun to play because it's PS1 graphics. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, all the special effects are amazing. Um, they, you do get locked into battle. I've I've never been able to run away from battles. I don't think that's an option. Okay. It's kind of like lock you on the screen with the enemies, but yeah, you do kind of like get that into that battle stance, and your movement changes a bit depending yeah. on the weapon you have uh, equipped. Because yeah, I mean, I, I liked in Secret of Mana, you know, as long as it's not a boss fight, if you're getting your fucking ass kicked, you can run. You know, that was uh, that was handy, and like not just like you know, not like run like in a fucking window based RPG where you hit a button that says run. No, you actually have to like fucking you know break loose and run away from these fucking monsters. So. You know, I wasn't sure if that uh, that made a return, but yeah, it's uh, Legend of Mana, interesting game. You know, also seems strange that it's like a completely non-linear story. Like, you just kind of place these things and you do these missions and, you know, complete little chunks of a story, but like there's no just set path and your character's not even really a character. He's just kind of there. Like, it seems like there's this one that was just trying a lot of things. You know, it to all make do sense something different. Grand scheme of things. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to give away the spoilers. <laughs> all right, tight. Because yeah, like now that I've seen something on this game, I kind of want to dive into it. Because you know, diving into Psychon Three, it was so much bigger than like Secret of Mana. Because Secret of Mana, love that game. You know, it's one of my all-time favorites. But you know, since it was chopped up and not released on the Super Nintendo CD system, that never happened. It you know. It's not actually as classic of a game as it could be. Psychon 3 had, like, the intersecting storylines, and you could choose three out of six characters. And this seems like, you know, it took it and just, like, changed the way they tell the story in some other odd way. And I'm just like, I don't know. I kind of got to play it now just to know exactly what they did with this game. (laughs) I can't wait to hear your impressions when you play it. Dude, I'm into it. You know, um... But yeah, so uh, fuck yeah, uh, David. It's time for you to offer your opinions on uh, the Mana series. Um, you know, I can tell you've been waiting patiently in the wings to uh, 
just dish on this whole series. So, you know, give me uh, t- five to ten things that you love about Secret of Mana, Legend of Mana, Psych and 3. Uh, you know, you, the floor is yours, David. Uh, I like the fact that it's a co-op RPG. I like the fact that it's an action RPG. I like the fact that it's 16-bit and has amazing music because they actually implemented a feature where they didn't use soundtracks for the sound files. And yep. I like the fact that, like, the base core enemy is a slime bunny. Yep, that's true. Uh, and actually, you know, you brought up a good point because one of the things I, one of the reasons I chose this soundtrack is because it's fucking amazing. Uh, the official soundtrack release of this has like 55 tracks on it, and it is a, uh, it's you know, it's a fucking great soundtrack. David, you know, if I gave you one guess as to who the composer on this game was. Based on all of Game That Tune history, who would you guess is the composer on Legend of Mana? Hip Tanaka. Oh, man. <laughs> you know. No, if I had to take a guess, uh, I would say Yoko Shimomura. Yes, it is, a, it is a classic Yoko Shimomura soundtrack. Man, oh, man. Yoko can make a fucking soundtrack. This has fucking everything. Like, it's got, it's got some metal shit. It's got some heartfelt shit. It's got the piano stuff. It's just like, it's a classic Yoko Shimomura soundtrack. And that last uh, that last track was the actual opening theme of the game, and uh, it's a fun little vocal track. Uh, did you catch any of those lyrics? I did not. I heard yeah. there were lyrics. Right, exactly. It's it's a lovely opening theme, and it's not in Japanese. That the vocals for some reason Yoko decided that it was a good call to do Swedish vocals, and. Uh, yeah, so it's just an extra interesting kind of high fantasy type opening theme that's for some reason sung in Swedish. And uh, fun fact, this game was never released in Europe. So all those Swedes that might understand what this theme is, no ideas. Um, but yeah, it is uh, it is a great soundtrack throughout, man. It's, uh, it's pretty fucking dope. So... Mm, yeah, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna have to actually play this one now. You know, Pat, I'm glad to hear you say that it's actually great because I was worried watching videos of it that it was too weird. Not sure if we still have Pat. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might be. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna love this game. Yeah. All right. Go out. Good. Yeah, one way or another, play it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to go procure a copy of it perfectly legally, as I'm sure it is a very common find at retro game stores. You know, definitely won't be uh, checking that chat window for a link. Um, Anyway, I think this was a great game to finish on. I love that we've now figured out that we can add callers into this chat so we can have more audience participation. This worked out very well, did it not, John? It worked out pretty well, yeah. I think uh, we could just turn this into a straight-up call-in show. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) This is our first caller, and I mean ever, because this is not a call-in show. So, uh, fuck yeah, man. Uh, great game, great tunes, and Johnny, I think it's time to turn it over to the calculating computer. Calculating computer activated. Computers, beeps, boops. Damn it, John. Scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Regan. Yeah. Wow, John. 
<laughs> I won with joke answers tonight. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> You were in rare form tonight. I'm not sure how you managed to do that, but I'm very, very impressed. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, great game tonight, man. I, I was all ready to, like, you know, play David's bonus music and get a new David theme in here. But, you know, Johnny Shock in the world, man. You should get bonus points, really, for, you know, for figuring out the call-in aspect of the show. Like, you know, this, uh, yeah, this has been a really else. fun show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, great tunes tonight. Great, you know, great joke ass answers that you came up with. A lot of fun. So, uh, what do you got in mind for uh, next week, there, Johnny? Uh, I actually had a theme idea here. Uh, no I did way. not pick bonus music, so we'll be playing David's bonus music. But um, <laughs> but the theme. I can give idea, you my bonus music. <laughs> the theme idea is, you know how. Um, I don't know if every console did this, but you know how like PlayStation had the greatest hits, which I think was just re-released million-plus seller games, and and I know Game Boy had it. I think Super Nintendo may have had it. Basically, go on. Greatest. So since I'm not sure exactly which consoles actually had this feature, basically just games that sold more than a million copies. Dude. Basically the theme. So into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like some million sellers, man. I like my $20 games four years late. That's yeah. my kind of shit. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be strict about, like, yeah, like, it doesn't have to actually have been released as a million plus re release or whatever. Just if it's sold a sure, million. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. I mean, that, you know. Okay, yeah. That, you know, that that's a good, uh, interesting theme for older systems. Maybe a little less interesting for newer systems. I feel like newer games sell more copies, but I don't know. I'm going to find out through my research. So this is, uh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be an interesting theme. Yeah, Can you're we welcome. Say... Forget. I was gonna say, can we say billion sellers, or if a console has a greatest hits brand, a game that's a greatest hits brand? Absolutely. Or are we gonna stick to billion? Um, I don't know. What What do you say, John? I mean, million sellers seems like a nice, arbitrary thing that probably lends itself to a lot of good games being selected. So, I mean, I'd say that's a good cutoff. But in oh. the absence of sales data, I would say if you find a console's you know greatest hits line. Then you know maybe uh, maybe go with that, but you know start start at million sellers. That's my thought. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little yeah. it's a fun theme. It's a free play with some kind of thing thrown in to make it not. Shut up, John. <laughs> it's not a free play because there's literally a constraint. <laughs> you gotta yeah. stop doing that. <laughs> So here's my theme. Everything ties into this theme. It's basically free play. No, no, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> you literally, you literally just defined a theme. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so fantastic, man. That's gonna be a good one. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Much like yeah. tonight's show was a lot of fun. This was, uh, this was good. So good um, thanks to both our requesters. Thanks to Pat for calling in and you know throwing down on some Legend of Mana. I'm uh, definitely gonna definitely gonna have to pick that one up. Um, so yeah, what do we do to close the show? Oh yeah, uh, thanks to everybody for watching along with us live uh, on Twitch.tv/GameThatTune, Facebook.com/GameThatTune, live on YouTube uh, Gaming. Search for Game That Tune, uh, motherfucking Periscope. We're at GTT Pod. Uh, our replays show up uh, pretty quickly on Vid.me where you can check out our replays and maybe uh, throw us a dollar for a tip or something. You know, it's up to you. Your call. Um, 
We always like getting requests. Uh, hit us up with requests uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Email us, gamethattune at gmail.com. Uh, hit, hit any of us up on Twitter. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Take those requests. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jgangsta187. You can find David Fleming on Twitter at... DFD Fleming. Yep, and you can find John Regan, this week's winner, on Twitter at... JP Regan JR. Hell yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, get back with us next week for a fantastic uh, Game That Tune, not free play, uh, episode with an actual theme selected by John Regan. And, uh, Johnny, tell us what David's bonus tunes are. Uh, David's bonus tunes <laughs> is... <laughs> NES Open Tournament Golf is copyright 1991 Nintendo of America Incorporated. Pac-Man World Rally is copyright 2006 Namco Bandai Games Incorporated. Paper Mario is copyright 2001 Nintendo of America Incorporated. Treasure Master is copyright 1991 American Softworks Corp. Legend of Mana is copyright 2000 Square Company Limited.